You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Playful brought to you by Joe and Coral with me, Lindsay Hipgrave, and you, Joe Cole. Good to see you, Joe. Good to see you, Linz. And you've got something in common with today's guest. Apart from playing for England, along with Ed and David Miliband, Steve McFadden, a.k.a. Phil Mitchell, and Dan Woodgate, the Madness drummer. Yeah, it's an eclectic bunch. We all went to the same school, so, I mean, most footballers, if you get to play for your country, you get to boast you're probably the best player to play for your school. Now, I'm not even the best player reward number 11 for England than played on the left midfield because we got the absolute governor here, JB, top rapper, top player, one of the greats, one of my favourite players. Please, no. No, honestly. More, more. (laughs) It sounds like some sort of fame academy, this school, John. Well, no, because football has changed, hasn't it? Because, of course, I played on the the left because I was left-footed. But Joe liked to cut in and score, didn't go around the line and put too many crosses in. Uh, he played at a much better time than I did, though. You know, once the 100 grand a week came into football. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history, of course. John becoming an absolute icon yeah. of football, an international regular uh, over a decade for England, representing England at two World Cups and the European Championships, a scorer of one of the most iconic England goals ever scored. Um, and in 2016, voted England's greatest ever left-footed player, John. It can they only they be... They never had many. <laughs> Never had many. Well, actually, you beat the likes really of like Waddle, talking about Reeves, my inter- international Pierce. career, to be honest with you, because um, I'm not sure whether I was legally allowed to play for England, to be honest with you, because really? my, I had a, as I said, I came when I was 13, I had a Jamaican passport, yeah. you know, so we didn't emigrate, so I was a British citizen, and um, obviously, when I became 17, my mum and dad went back, and I started playing for Watford, then when I was 18, England said, do you want to play for England? Mm-hmm. And um, I still had a Jamaican passport. So when I started playing for England, I played for the Honest at 19. For the first year I was playing for England, I never had an J- English passport, I had a Jamaican passport. And then when we used to go to Russia, all of these countries in Eastern Europe, and we've got England blazers on, and then we got there and, you know, the team. Because we went on a normal plane. We didn't have yeah. a, you know, we just went on a normal plane. We didn't even go club. So just a normal plane with people. I had to get in the queue where the other people were doing their British passports. And the England team would all be on the coach waiting, and I'd be behind, and they were like, well, you play for England. you got your thing on, and you got Jamaican passports. So I'll be there for hours waiting, and the players are like, Barnes has been stuck again behind them. And then all of a sudden, a passport arrived on my doorstep. I don't remember filling any forms in. Um, so I still think I'm a bit of an illegal alien to be honest with you so after, it just appeared, after Brexit I'm a bit worried to be honest with you you know when it's the Windrush generation sending people back I'll maybe one of them John let's talk Euros we're heading, yeah, let's get off that subject we're heading, we're heading into the, the final round of games in the groups what have you been making of the tournament so I love, far I love it it's incredible at first, when you're talking about three teams going through, I wasn't a big fan because in a group of four, how can three teams go mm. through? But what it's done, it's made everyone realise you win a game, you get three points, you can go through. As even Denmark now, they've lost two games, they can go through. Yeah. So it's made everybody attack. So yeah. all of the games have been so attack-minded. Even the yeah. so-called underdogs are still attacking. So it's been yeah. fantastic. Do you oh, nice. like the fact that we can, <clears throat> you know, four of the third-place teams are going through? Or do you think it's just uh, makes gonna, it a bit too easy? I like the fact that there's more teams attacking. Yeah. I like that. I like the fact that we're going to the last day and nearly everybody's going to have a chance of going through. I like that. But I, I'm, I, maybe it's my OCD. I, 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 I don't like not knowing who England are going to get in the next round. Like, you know, usually it's going to be that one or that one. 
as a player, you could be, and especially with it being in different countries, you could be playing at home at Wembley, you could be in Rome, you could be in Baku, you don't know where you're going in four or five days' time. So I think as a coach, it might be more difficult to, to prepare. But as a fan, it's great because everyone's throwing for Like I said, Denmark, mm. what a story that would be mm. if they go and get a win and go and go through with everything that's happened to them as a group. Yeah. Where have you been watching the games? Um, mainly, mainly at home. I've been a little bit of um, in Shepherd's Bush, funny enough. I'm doing a bit of work for Mola, uh, which is Indonesian TV. Yeah. So uh, I've been doing three or four games there, but more often than not, just at home watching him. But they've been really good. You know, I mean, since, since obviously lockdown in the last year has been, you know, everybody's being at home. But I mean, we've got used to that, haven't we? Doing Zooms and doing stuff. Yeah. So I've actually done a couple of games from home with Zooms, with fans and with different groups. And in fact, I had a nice one, actually, um, the other day where I, what game was it? In fact, was it the England-Scotland game? Yeah, it was actually. I had to go to, and this is the way modern football is now, Joe. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Before you had to go to the stadium where there are corporate dudes that you go yeah. to. Agent just phoned up and he goes, go to this um, person's house. It was in uh, Burton on Burton Burton on Trent, yeah. and I'm driving around looking for, and it's just, just this little house, and he got his mates. So there's about thirty of them, and they all club together. I mean, that's how cheap I am, obviously these days. So it didn't cost them too much for John Pass to come to their house, just had a few drinks, and watch the game, and then drove home after. But you know, there's all sorts of things popping. I, I'm just before I got, I had a funny one offered. Um, a Sunday league would someone asked me, would I like to come and play for their Sunday league team? Apparently, there's a, there's a company now where you can go and get ex-players. So say you or your mates chip in and go, oh, we want John Barnes, Chris Waddle, Joe Cole, come and play for you on a Sunday. Now, I don't need paying to play football. I need, I'll play for anyone on a Sunday. But no, You'll just rock up. No, no, I, I need paying, Joe. I need paying, sorry. <laughs> it's like you can get people to do, like, yeah, happy yeah, birthday yeah. On, on your phone and, and yeah, pay them yeah, yeah. to, this is yeah. like the football the version football of that. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sounds good. Just Cash in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You've got to be careful with these Zooms, though, haven't you? You have I mean, to. I'll tell you, because with... the taxman finds out. Sorry, did I? <laughs> <laughs> we did one with Joel the other day. I had to tell him to move the washing from mm. behind the shop. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's worse than that, if you can see on some of the Zooms, I can tell you. Um, we won't mention that here. <laughs> they've all been on the internet where you see people doing all kinds on Zooms because they forget that Do the camera's on. you know what my kid's done to me? Like, so I was doing something for BT in the first lockdown, like, and I didn't have a Scooby what was going on. I remember on. this. I remember, I'm doing it, live broadcast, and my kids just come on, just turn the lights out, <laughs> laughing their heads off. So I'm there talking, <laughs> it's breaking black. down, it's pitch black. And I'm, and I'm just, sh- and I couldn't really shout them as much as I wanted to shout them because I didn't want the people at home to know that, you know, I'm a bit of a <laughs> strict father. Strict father, yeah. yeah so I was like, I please turn the, the lights back on, children. <laughs> You'd have done more than shout at them, though, Joel. Actually, if, that, if I'd done that to my dad, Mate, it would have been game over, I tell you. So which teams have surprised you so far, John? I don't think anybody's really surprised me, to be honest with you, because the Euros, in many respects, is much harder than the World Cup. Because when you're talking about, first of all, to qualify for the Euros, you've got to be a good team. So there are no easy games. You know, because if you want to look at the Ukraines and whoever you want to talk about, whichever team you want to talk about and think that they're the whipping boys, they aren't. Mm. The team that's really surprised me um, from a negative point of view has been Turkey. Yeah. You know, Turkey, because Turkey are a good team and they've got good players. So for them to, you know, have gone through and and lost the games that they've lost. Already out. Yeah, I've been surprised at that. The the first game, John, against Italy, I I backed Turkey's dark horses. I thought they'd do well. Mm. But fitness-wise, something was that Italy just run over him in the first game. I mean, Italy are such a good side that, of course, I was surprised at that because Italy don't normally score goals anyway, but this Italian team are. But then the game against, the second game against um, Wales, that was where I really expected Turkey, especially in Baku, where it's really hot for them to put on a good strong Wales were easily the better team. I'm yeah. glad, but you know, Turkey, yeah. Turkey, from a negative point of view, have surprised me. Who are you backing to win the whole thing? France. 
Did France you watch the got, Germans the other day? Though? Yeah, the Germans are good. But, you know, France, I've got such a good balance in mm. terms of you look at the back four and they're quick, they're strong, the mm. three midfield players. And the way that um, Pogba plays for France is different to the way he plays for Man United. He's insane, much more disciplined. He works hard for the team. He doesn't show off. He doesn't do flicks. He doesn't mess around. Mm. And then you look up front and the biggest compliment I can play them is that because they, 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 they aren't playing as attractive football as Belgium going forward and flair mm. or whatever. But you look at how hard Griezmann works. The t- yeah, traces yeah, back yeah. Mbappe. Um, and Benzema they all work hard for the team it seems when they play for France they remind me of Brazil of the old days where the most important thing for a Brazilian footballer was playing for Brazil never mind mm. to play and make loads of money in Europe they would go back to play for Brazil against mm. Mongolia and this French team you look at the players when they play for France they play properly mm. they play with discipline they play with humility when they play for their clubs they're superstars and start flicking and messing around but for apart France, from Kante <laughs> well, yeah. not exactly because that's the kind of player he is but Pogba is just so disciplined when he plays mm-hmm. for them and you saw the game against Belgium in the World Cup and Belgium complained because we had 65% possession. We were playing all the football, but mm. France were just so strong that yeah. they're physically strong. And even the game the other day, if you want to fight them, you can't. They're so physically mm. strong and they've got good players. So France... Do you France think the good. hungry result was just a blip for them? Yeah, I do. And I, I, I agree with John. I think like they're, they're the team. We think, I think from a coach's management, you think, how, how can we beat them? Where's the weakness? Yeah. You know, Say you play against Belgium, you might think... Oof. Could get out all the welder here a little yeah. bit, you know. And, and the Tongan, they're yeah, not quick Tongan, at the back, you know. Yeah. So, so you can maybe suck them in, and you can. But against France, you're like that. They're big, yeah. they're strong, technically unbelievable. They've got superstars. Mm. They work in our take. It is tough. Do you reckon? I was going to ask you if you're Ole at home watching Pogba, Harry performs for France. Would that frustrate you a bit as a manager, John? It would, but it happens a lot here in this country, whereby I think in England we overemphasize the importance of the individual. Mm. and we then praise the individual when they do special things. So yeah. therefore, even if you look at the England national team in terms of mm. our solution to any problem is to get yeah. more number 10s done. So get Grealish on and then put Foden yeah. and then put Sterling and they're the ones to perform. Yeah. Whereas we don't have the right balance in terms of the back and the midfield in terms yeah. of having good, strong defensive midfield players. And so I just feel that at Man United, particularly now with Ole, because at England, that's why for me, you'd expect that from Man City because that is Pep Guardiola's yeah. philosophy. That's the way we play. Yeah. Now for Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp is going to have that. Yeah. Now, Pogba is, a, I think Pogba is a better player than, you know, individually than Jordan Henderson or, or any other. But, but what he wants from his team in midfield is hardworking players. So I understand yeah. what he's saying in terms of yeah. frustration. But I think Man United have created these things where Man United, so we want Fernandez and yeah. we want Pogba and we want him to do special things. But if Pogba was to play for Man United the way he plays for France, they would be such a better team. But then was yeah. it not the same thing where in the first game he was exceptional mm. and then not so good in the second game? And it's just that same But even if he's not good, he still gives 100% tackling effort. Yeah. That game in the second game, the physicality of the game, because you expected Hungary to get stuck in there at home, they're going to go out. But France, 50-50s, they're chasing back, they were fighting, and of course they took over in the second half. Because the thing about France is that you can see them not playing particularly well. Well, they never outplayed Germany either. But you Mm. know that they're not going to concede, and and they're strong and they're physical. Whereas with England, we play well and we win. And if you don't play well and teams attack us, because if Mm. Scotland are going to create that many chances against us, Mm. when... With all due respect, Scotland aren't a Belgium or a France. Yeah, yeah. Or, so when we play against better teams, we will have a we will have a problem. A huge blow for Scotland as well. We, we should say they they obviously need to beat Croatia to get through. Mm. But Billy Gilmore, who was man of the match against England on on his first start for Scotland, has tested positive for COVID. Also, yeah. so he's going to miss that. That's a, a massive loss. A massive it? blow. I mean, I, like I said, Billy was in at Chelsea when I was there. When I went back and done my coaching, and um, what a lad! What a, what a lad, John! Like he. He he, he, come, he came into 
I remember walking, well, there's a little room at Chelsea with the Academy where the lads can go in and they get their clips on the computer, they watch their clips, or they can go in there and type in Cesc Fabregas or something. And I'd go in there mornings and he'd be in there mm. by himself watching his clips, go and do his training, professional, but with so much talent. You sure he was watching those clips, Joe? I mean, I checked, he was definitely okay, watching them clips. Okay. There was this, this strict <laughs> guidance in that building of what you can and can't watch. I've tried. Well, the coral odds to win the tournament, France are 7-2, to two, Germany 11-2 to two after they turned up on Saturday night and Belgium 13-2. to two. What have you made of England's performances so far though, John? I think England's performances have been probably as I expected because I've always felt for years that England on their day can beat anybody and that they rely on the individuals to do well and they've got mm. good enough individuals to like on, a, on their day beat anybody. But then all of a sudden... If the individuals don't perform, the team pattern, the te- I don't still want to see a pattern and whether we're going to play three at the back, whether we play five at the back, whether we're going to play with Jack Greedish as opposed to Mason Mount. Mason's more of an attacking midfield player who'll come back and help the other two, whereas Jack Greedish. And until you defend a method of how to play, you're always going to rely on individuals to perform. And as to whether they perform well or not from week to week, it changes. Whereas you mm-hmm. saw against Germany, they perform the same way all the time. They haven't got a great individual. Serge Gnabry, who can even play for Arsenal, he's playing for them because he fits into the system. So that is why England have got a great chance because on any given day, they can perform well. And of course, with us, it's either all or nothing, isn't it? So after beating Croatia, who aren't a great team because of the age of the players, we were fantastic. Then against Scotland, we're now in the, in the doldrums. So England will go through and I think that we can get to the semi-finals on our day. We could beat anybody, but we don't know how we're going to perform. And one player who hasn't performed is Harry Kane. He's been yeah. pretty anonymous in, in those first two games, but Southgate has come out and said he is going to start against the Czech Republic, which is a, a massive vote of confidence. Um, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not surprised he's going to start, Lins. And now I've digested Harry's performances. And also, when you think about the season, he's had top goal scorer, top assist maker in the Premier League, really carried that Tottenham team. You know, the, 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 these teammates... Didn't do enough for him this year. But I'm not surprised Gareth has, has played him. And I think it's the right decision. And I think he's done doing it early, I think, is enough. Because Harry, this is the first time, which I said the other day, the first time in Harry's career, since he was trying to find his feet and he was going on loan to Millwall later on, where there's question marks on him. You know, for, for whatever, rightly or wrongly, people are questioning, oh, does he start? Or do we go and put Calvert-Lewin in? Or do we put Rashford in? Or do we play Grealish as a fourth nine? So... I knowing it, knowing him the little I do know him as his character. I think he'll respond. I think he'll hit the back of the net on Tuesday night. We'll go through, and then the tournament starts for England and the tournament starts for Gareth. And I'm 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 pleased with us keeping the two clean sheets. But I think if we do play against any of them teams you mentioned, or Belgium, France, Germany, Portugal next round, I think I think going to the back three, three centre halves, I think it's. I think we're going to have to do that against the big boys because I just think we're not we're not flowing in that four three three. You know, we're, we're sort of caught between two jumps. Yeah, like we, we are. are. Are we attacking team? Are we, we are. defensive team? I think the problem Harry's been having is if you look at the way his his game has evolved for Tottenham, is that he has played as a number ten as well as scoring goals. Yeah. So what has happened? The way they played either with Sissoko and you know whoever else in midfield or hardworking midfield players, Harry has been the number ten false nine creative yeah. player, and he creates for Son. He comes mm-hmm. deep and he gets involved because the team doesn't have anyone else to do that. Mm. Now, when he plays for England, where you really want him to stay up front yeah. and score goals because yeah. you've got Mount and you've got Sterling and you've got, you know, Dreed and you've got all of these other players, mm. him coming to get involved in that play, in fact, 
he's not getting in the right positions because you've yeah. got Sterling coming in there, you've got Mount, you've got, you know, Grealish or whoever else yeah. and then Rashford. Is he doing it because he's not getting the right service? Well, no, or? he's doing it because that's how he's played for Tottenham all year. Mm. And now playing mm. for England, he's doing the same thing. Yeah. And he, for him to do that, that's not necessary. That's why I'm saying you have to have the right players in the team for him. So when he does it for Tottenham, he is the most creative player. So there's no point having Harry doing that for England mm. when you're going to have a Mount, you're going to have a Grealish, you're going to have yeah. a Foden. Yeah. Everybody, and they're doing it. So then what, what is Harry doing? So I think having that right balance for Harry, whereas before for England, what he was doing was just staying up front and, and finishing, finishing things off. Mm. So I think the Gareth have to go. But I agree with Joe in terms of the further you go, we will then have to be more solid because even when we have two holding midfield players against France and we thought the solution was to not have two holding midfield players against, mm. sorry, against Scotland, Scotland created four or five chances with us yeah. having two holding midfield yeah. players. So the solution is to take one of them off and put another striker on, is to be yeah. stronger defensively. Yeah. So I, I don't think that that the way England is playing at this moment really suits Harry. And Harry has evolved as a player either. I, I just wanted to just stay up front because, you know, crosses coming in, corners, that's, yeah. what, that's what he does. Can you see similarities with, with Gary Lineker in 86? He oh, was no, anonymous no, 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 no. the first couple of games and oh, then yeah, it was yeah. when Beardsley that's, came in, it started to click and he, he went and won the golden boot, That's the similarity. He? That's the only similarity because Gary's not coming back into his own half to do anything to create or control the ball or chase defenders. So. But could Grealish <laughs> be that, that Beardsley player yes, to give Grealish him that service? That, then Harry then just has to say, I'm going to stay up front and mm. score goals. But mm. is Harry doing that? Because it seems to be now he likes to come into different positions. Because mm. that's what he's been doing all year for Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he runs about. He runs around a bit more than Gary. I wouldn't be as unkind, unkind to um, to Harry to say that. I hope Gary's not. Do you watching. feel like it's just a matter of time for him, though? Yeah, listen, you know, forms temporary, classes permanently. I was saying, like, listen, Harry Kane has not become a bad player in the last two weeks. He's had a couple of indifferent games in a in a team that wasn't quite clicking. There wasn't the rhythm wasn't there. So no question marks. Harry Kane plays. And he plays, but he needs the bright players around him. I think Raheem's very important to him. Raheem playing off the left, I think, is more effective. And if he, if you say, to, I think Raheem's caught up as similar to like what he's asked to do for Man City when he plays. I think for England, I think they need to really need to work on together. Like Raheem's almost got to be the nine, like a nine off the left. Keep making them runs in behind to allow Harry to find the little pocket and get, him, get turned in a shot. And what's the only thing that's concerning me with Harry, and there was one point in the game where he's come inside on his left foot, John, don't even remember it. And for Spurs, he hits it. Yeah. And there was a split second doubt. And that's confidence. That's in his head. You know, like the, the weight of the thing. So he needs a tapping. Tuesday night. Maybe he's just distracted trying to keep up with the Spurs manager chase. Yeah. Well, you know what he needs? He, needs yeah. he still needs people to create for him. Now, the problem, I think, with, with Raheem this season is that because kind of Foden has kind of taken over for him, mm. when he played for, for England now, he feels that he then has to to show his worth and his value. Mm. He has to just beat players. Because I remember yeah. once against, and it went out on, on one of these things on the phone, whereby he should have played the ball out for the right for the cross to come in and he kept trying to beat the player, beat the player, mm. beat the player, beat the player. Mm. And he thinks that for me to now show my worth and my value to the team, that's what I've got to do. Mm. That's not helping Harry. Yeah. It's more about either Harry getting it and you running off the ball for him to play you through. Or when you get the ball, playing it for, for Harry mm. for a score. Whereby when you have so many players dribbling, 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 that doesn't help Harry. That's why I always felt that if you're going to play with Rashford and Sterling and Kane up front, yeah. the best person to be playing as a number 10 wouldn't necessarily be Foden or Mount. For me, it would have been, it would have been Madison from Leicester. Yeah. But Madison, the way he plays with Vardy, he's looking for these runs. He's looking yeah, to be yeah, creative. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a lot of the England attacking players now are, are dribblers. Mm. You know, so they're looking to dribble, which really doesn't mm. help Harry. That's why I'm saying the balance for me that doesn't necessarily, particularly the new Harry, who wants to come and be like a number 10 so um, I, I'm not sure whether that's going to work until 
Gareth then says, this is how we're going to play. We're going to stick with it, mm. which will help Harry because we just keep chopping and changing. Of this current crop, who would you have liked to play with in, in a forward line? No, John's, John, John, John's left, say John's playing left of a three. Of a front three. Yeah. Who, would you, who would you like in, the, in and around you to get the best out of you? this team well the thing about it is if you look at the front three apart from Harry they're all similar in terms of wanting to dribble with the ball so if you look and and Mason Mount I like because Mason dribbles but he also looks to play but if you look at Rashford if you look at um, Sterling and Mm. if you look at um, even Foden there's no point me being there because I'm going to be like them wanting to dribble all the time and there's only one ball. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's why I love playing with Peter Bersley and Ray Hount because they would play for me to do what I do. Yeah. We can't just have everybody who, who's a dribbler in the team and I think we've got too many of them. You mm-hmm. know, because when Rashford gets the ball, he's going to dribble. When Sterling gets the ball, he's going to dribble. Foda for Man City is different because he plays in a team that passes the ball mm-hmm. a lot. But even for England, he's looking to dribble a lot. Then add mm-hmm. Grealish to that and you got them all on the pitch. There's only one ball and all of them yeah. are the similar types of players. Mm-hmm. So um, I, would, I, I think out of all of them, probably... I mean, what is Mason? I mean, Mason is a, an attacking midfield player, but he'll come back and defend. Yeah, I, I like him. If you're going to play three in midfield and you've got two holding midfield players-ish, I would always have Mason Mount. Yeah, Mason's for me. Mason's either going to play midfield only because I've got to get... I'd have to get attacking players in the team. So I'll play Mason and, and Declan in there. Mm. Three centre-halves behind them if we're playing the, the, the big guns, whether it be Harry, mm. Stones, Mings or Carl Walker. Three of them four. So you got and I have two fullbacks. So mm. I think I'll be solid enough to allow Mason to play in a neck to deck. Yeah. deck because deck. he will get back defensively as well. Mason, Mason, yeah, Mason will. Mason's fan off the ball. You speak to Frank about him, Gareth, and he would well, stand out thing with him. Forget all the ability. Is he so intelligent? You can play him. That's why he loved him. You can play him off the left, off the right, midfield. You know, if they're holding the game, he did the right. He always yeah. did the right things. He's just a good, foot, well-schooled footballer. Yeah. Would you have liked to play in this England side? Oh, oh, I'd love to have played. Nobody can touch you now, can they? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, looked, I watched Jack the other day, and Jack wasn't at his best when he came on, but he won five free kicks by just getting his body in. Yeah, and somebody just crushed it down. Did you see what um, Stephen O'Donnell said about Yeah, that was brilliant. I love that. Basically, John McGinn was giving him tips on how to get to him, and he said, yeah. just don't, don't slag him off, don't be nasty to him, or he'll... He'll, he'll really relish that. Yeah. To compliment him. So yeah. he was telling him, oh, I love your hair. I, you've got lovely calves and things like that. I don't he has got lovely calves. I don't know about lovely, but they're massive. Yeah. Is that size important? Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, they're big. He's like, <laughs> do, do, you, do you remember Popeye's arms? I know, he's yeah, got them on his calves. Yeah, and he keeps his socks down there. Well, what was like the weirdest thing that happened to you on a pitch with, with opposition players trying to put you off? Um, do you have any un- unusual ones like that? Uh, oh, that's a good question, Liz. Nothing, nothing really... No, Dennis Wise, Dennis Wise, we used to just like. I can't imagine he was complimenting you. No, no, he wasn't. We had a right good go, me and Dennis. And Dennis was one of my heroes. Like, I had my poster and I'm playing against him. He's playing for Leicester. And he was going to. I know because you're the same size, aren't Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was going. And he just never stopped talking to me. You're bloody. Every, and it was, it was a lesson learned. It never happened again. I had a bad game because he went. Oh, you can't. I passed one out of play. And he went, oh, is that, you can't pass the ball. You can't. I thought you was a good player. But, but, and I'm like, shut up. And I'm growling at him. And he's saying, and then I got into bed. Then I tried to dribble him all the time through the middle. Yeah. So then I, he's in my head. I'm trying to do something different. They beat us 2-0. And then after the game, I could have kicked myself. But it never happened again. If anyone tried to give me verbals. But once, yeah, Dennis got in my head, yeah. Did anyone get in your head, John? Oh, no, no, because when I played, obviously I'm playing before him, they're just trying to break your leg. <laughs> no mind mm. talking and trying mm. to get in your head, they're trying to get in your, in your body. That's what None of that protection so, from the referee. You didn't need that. You didn't need that talking because, you know, they're just, and because the referee would just be like, I always felt, and it was so strange because it was a 
given that mm. the first five minutes anything yeah. goes. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because it'd be like prison oh. rules. So if you try, <laughs> if you try to take somebody's gallbladder out in the yeah. first two minutes, no matter what it was, the referee just go, "All right, now don't do that again." I said, "Don't do that again." You should yeah, yeah. off the pitch, but it just allowed it. I know. So it was never there were never any verbal. But with Dennis, what Dennis used to do a lot as well, you see, because after he kicked you. And he does it all the time. He would pick you up to say sorry, but he'd pinch you. Yeah, so that you would react well. and get sent off. So yeah. Dennis was always doing things like yeah. that. No one had a little nibble. We saw that, didn't we, in the tournament? Yeah, Pogba, yeah. That, Pogba, yeah. That, yeah. Um, uh, Rudiger, Rudiger. Yeah. yeah, but that was a, I thought that was just a joke, wasn't it? He, yeah. he, because, of course, he was saying he's messing around. So I don't know. I, you couldn't call it a bike, could it wasn't you? A Suarez. It wasn't a Suarez, Suarez, Suarez bike. Nah, 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 nah. Not. It wasn't. Suarez had a right nibble, didn't he? Yeah. He's, he's got previous <laughs> as well. Was like Trump, yeah. How do you think England are going to do against the Czech Republic then? Well, with England, the problem with England is just really don't know. They could be brilliant or they could mm-hmm. be average. You know, if you look at Germany and France, it doesn't matter whether they play well. You can, you can see the performance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's up there, sometimes it's down there a bit above. But with England, you just, I felt that after the Croatia game, you know, that they were going to go on. And of course, then we saw the Scotland game. So it wouldn't surprise me if they're going and they play really well. I don't think they'll ever be terrible. But I think they start from. draw could be better, couldn't it? It could work out better in terms of the. the Yeah, but but the thing about it is that with and you know when we talk about things like that, this is us sitting on the outside, thinking, looking at it tactically. When you're out on the pitch, you try and do as well as you can. Because what are you going to do? Is pick a goal in there? You know, play for a draw because if you then he's Harry Kane's going to miss a goal to be nil nil. Mm. You know what I mean? And Pickford's going to let one in because we're going to draw one all. So you don't know. So you go and you play. You always just have to play and let the the the, the cards lay where they fall, regardless. Because you know, in the next round, listen, it's going to be a hard game. Whoever you get. Do you think they'll win it, Joel? Yeah, I do. I think they'll win it. And I think I think um, John's right in the sense that the lads, there's no way the lads can go out there and play for a draw. Like the, you're gonna do your you're gonna do your job and then whatever deal with whatever happens afterwards. I think he may as well now I think go back to he's tried and trusted the back three, which I thought he was gonna start with at the tournament. And 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 build for this game in that. Because I think we're gonna beat Czech Republic whether we play four or three, but I think if we went to a four and we had to play Spain if we get Spain or uh, France or Germany then I think we'll be in trouble so I think if he gets a a game tactically doing that win the game go through and you're going to have to play him at some point so Mm. let's just do it now I don't know why we keep doing this every tournament that comes up because even leading into the tournament before the last game we're we're experimenting with formations and systems and styles we play three at the back four at the back then in the tournament we thought about shall we play three shall we play four we should have this already embedded in us five games before the the tournament starts and then if we play well or Different players have to come into that system. Yeah. But to even we now talk about, are we going to play three because the four hasn't worked? Yeah. And if the four works, we don't play three. You we don't do that in tournaments. those yeah. friendly games in the way we, we wanted to because of the Champions League final. Yeah. It's almost... Oh, no, 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 no. Not personnel. Fact. I'm talking about the, the, the way we play. Yeah. Because it's not, nothing to do with the personnel at all. Do, do you know, my, my template for Gareth would have been, and it was close, before he changed the four, the Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea. My template would be that. Because I think... We got the personnel to do it. Mm. I think he's. It, I watched last. What game did I watch? Um, where it was, oh, who was playing with a four against a three? And I just think, in the way that modern players are, I think it suits the. You know, things go in cycles, and I think at the moment it seems to be in vogue to play that back three and it, back five, and then it's a three effectively when you got the ball. And I think you got Reese James and Chilwell. Yeah. Who know the system? Germany did it really well, didn't they? With Gorsi. No, but Germany, but Germany that played that way. Germans Germany played that way all the time. Now, why Gareth really should have done that, in my opinion, because he's got adaptable players and he's mm. put them in a team. Because Carl Walker can play right out of a three centre back, or he yeah. can play 
um, mm. right side of right wing back with yeah. someone inside him. Reese James can do that. Yeah. Ben White coming, you can put him as a holding midfield player. Yeah. So you've got players who are, who are adaptable. Mm. But then if you then have a system to say either we play four at the back or three at the back, the players can fit into that rather mm. than just keep... So even changing the players is not that important because they can understand the system but stick with the same system yeah. and those yeah. players can fit into that. Yeah. That's why Ben White got on the team. He could be as a holding midfield player mm. in a back four or a back three. But he, I think it's important for him to say, and I think you're right, he should yeah. have just said, we're going to play three at the back yeah. because you've got so much adaptability yeah. with all of them and we're going to stick with that and the players have to fit into that. Well, yeah. England are 8-13 to 13 favourites with Coral to beat the Czech Republic. And if you think Patrick Schick is going to continue on his uh, fine run of goal-scoring form, Coral will give you odds of 300-1 to 1 for a Schick hat-trick in yeah. that one. So let's hope not. A what really. hat-trick? Patrick Schick Oh, Schick hat trick. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but I've never been a Schick hat trick. Let, if you let, score three goals, it's never Schick, I can tell you. It's the other. Joe, if you score a goal, it's a goal, mate. Oh, you don't mate, score Schick goals, do you? No, you don't. <laughs> um, they, they do, though, John, seem really united, don't they? That's the one good thing about this England side. But was it always like that when you were heading into major oh, absolutely. when you played? Absolutely. I don't know whether. Obviously, I finished in 95, just before 96. And I don't know whether um, between between maybe 96, 97, 98 and then 2005 or whatever. I'm not sure whether you then had, because of course we're only going from what we see in the newspapers about yeah. the cliques and stuff like that, but I never had yeah. it when I played. Yeah. You know, with Robson and people like that, there were, there were no cliques at all. Do you and know? and I, I can't imagine, and I think that's a lot of paper talk actually when people talk about cliques because of either Beckham and Man United and, mm. you know, Liverpool. I never felt that, spurred in my time, but I don't know because Joe played in that did, period did when you he had that cliques. No, no, no. no, no, no. At, the t- at the time, it's like, it's like anything. You're born into something. I come into the England squad in 99, um, yeah, I think it was 99. I come in my first squad and there was the Manchester United players. You know, your Skulls, Beckham, Butts, Neville Brothers, a couple of others. The, the, the Liverpool players, effectively, at the time. which had, And so it was always separate. And it was just normal because that's what I come into. So I went, all right, I sit with a, the rest. I was with the rest because I was at West Ham. And, and then, and as... No, from the 2000s it was us or Manchester Chelsea or Manchester United vying for trophies and the games Liverpool as well so we ended up having looking back now we wasn't as united as we could have been now because there was there was groups of been look we went out on the pitch we've done our best but there was something there was something in the air when, now we're looking the back off the pitch yeah. where, where we wasn't as together as we could have been and now now Sven was a manager and Sven had some Was that down to him to try well, and bring everyone together or the, or the players, do you think? I'm thinking now, looking back as a, as a you know, an, an ex-player now, looking back, possible going into coaching and management, how they didn't address it, or they didn't seem to try and address it, which, you know, they made us all sit on one table. That's the only thing I can remember thinking them doing, rather than, right, for instance, there was never any, like, group meetings with midfielders where you mm. go, right, you know, like you tell me, how, how would you work this out? Yeah. Well, you know, Stevie's more defensive. He can come and play this role yeah. or you can put Carrick in there. And so there wasn't, tactically, we didn't do enough. But whether that was a sign of the times, that just wasn't there. But I don't know. I think, I think if you, well, from my point, Brown Robson was a superstar, obviously. And this is before Gazagard and even when Gazagard, yeah. it was just about the fact that no one was treated any differently. Yeah. No one expected different treatment. You didn't look at them differently. So yeah. Brown Robson, Man United, and of course, you know, we yeah. had, in terms of whether you're going to sit with each other or whatever, but, yeah. but when you were together, no, and I've heard stories, I don't know what you can tell me, in terms of the perception of different groups, like mm. if you're with David Beckham, then of course mm. you are above other people. Whereas mm. that never 
never happened at all. Brian Robson was England's captain, was never more important than Carlton Palmer if he was mm. in the squad type of thing. Mm. Whereas I think it was more to do with the individual, mm. either egos or the perception of certain individuals as opposed to others um, as to whether there was favoritism, mm. um, where there wasn't any of that at all. And of mm. course, once Gareth has now come in, and they're all young players mm. with no big egos, then that is obviously gone. So I don't know, because when you were there, you had big characters as well. And maybe yeah. those characters felt mm. more important than the lesser characters. So therefore, either they were treated that way yeah. or they saw themselves different in that way. Yeah. Whereas when I played, even in 1991, I was injured. Mm. And people were in the squad. Brian Robson or, or any other superstars never could never be more important than anybody else there in the squad. There was the big bond. There was, no, there was none of that. Yeah. So I suppose maybe from that situation... Do you know, know. Sorry, Lynn, do you know what, like, looking back, like... Well, my era of England was very much led with that, you know, David Beckham had emerged at this hybrid, great player he was, and he was a good guy, mm. but he was this thing that was bigger than, than the rest yeah. of the team, right? And and never bothered me one yeah. bit. And it wasn't his fault, this was just a situation, yeah, this, wasn't this it? Is, he, he developed, he, Beckham's the best I've seen in terms of building his brand, yeah. you know, I didn't... Uh, what was a, I didn't know what a brand was. I had yeah. no interest in any of the media stuff. I wanted to play football, right? So, but so Beckham had this. So, for instance, like we'd go to Japan, and I'm telling you, people would be pushing our, pushing Stephen Gerrard and Mike Lone out of the way yeah. like to get to David Beckham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like being with a beat with Beatles, and and then Sven. Looking back now, he enabled that. Yeah. Beckham had, the, you know, it was like he was something separate to what a footballer was within a footballing unit. And then, I'm not blaming Bex for that because, yeah, you know, what Alex Ferguson, you know, went and we have to, David Beckham was one of the f- most fantastic players I've played with, so talented, but Alex Ferguson recognised that and I thought... You could see where it was going. Yeah, decided where it's going. this is not good for the yeah, collective. because yeah. he's a manager yeah. that recognises that you have to manage, you have to, you have to be in charge and you have to manage the group. But mm. with England, like if you notice, for instance... Every time we met up, there was a. It was just like it was a bit. Looking back on it now, it was a bit of a show. It was a because he was so famous. Now I'm not. Bl- I won't blame him for one second. Do you know what I mean? It's been a fantastic yeah, it's player. Not his fault. But looking, it was just a situation. Yeah. Looking back, it needed to be managed. Extra pressure on everyone else because of the attention. Well, I'm, I'm I mean, sure there's some players in the squad. England player, but listen, footballers have got egos, Lindsay. Yeah. I'm sure there's some footballers in the squad who thought. Why is he getting that? Yeah. Want, Especially, why, why, I mean, look at Steven Gerrard, who in my opinion was just a great footballer, of course. Different yeah. character to Bex, yeah. but he would see that and he'd be like, well, hang on a second, it should be about me as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I, mean, I, I was like always that player, like, I played 56 times in the country, but we had, I was unfortunate that I played attacking midfield. So you had Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, David Beckham. So the three best players of the team all wanted to play attacking midfield. Mm. So there's only one other place in the midfield to get him. So I had to be better than everyone else. So just getting into the team and playing was I was happy with do you know what I mean look that's why I have to give Joe credit because I tell you when Joe played for me he was at West Ham and even when he first went to Chelsea you're talking about being the number 10 the best player the most skillful player then he was the hardest working midfield player for England and he was the real disciplined one for England which is not what you expect from him in terms of the way he plays which is credit to him because mm. as he said with David Beckham doing what he wants he wants the ball to do that Frank just being an attacking midfield player mm. now what, what, what normally happens is attacking midfield players won't play in the central role because that's very important for you to sit in front of the mm. back row and defend and and Joe would do a lot of that work, but from the left, because Frank would be getting in the box, Steve would be going down, the, and then Beck would be coming in, and then the, the amount of time Joe's chasing back, which is 
credit to Joel, but it's like you're there to be doing what they're doing. So you recognize the fact that with this midfield three, and I think a lot of it had to do with that because I think as an individual player, Steven Gerrard's the best. As an attacking midfield player, Frank is, but when he played with Chelsea, he didn't have much defending to do where Steven mm. could do everything. Yeah, yeah. So Steven's doing that. Frank is getting in the box. Bex is on the right putting crosses in, always wanted to get the ball and put crosses in. And now the Makaleli in the team is, is Joel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like defending show, and chasing back. You've yeah. got to pick up all the slack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Poor me, Lee. <laughs> I've done all that hard work. No, nobody patting me on the back. No, no. That's but, why Mourinho loved him because Mourinho yeah. doesn't like Joe Cole type of players who just want to dribble around players and so. But that's why Joe adapted his game and had the balance right. Well, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have played for Chelsea if I didn't adapt, and I wouldn't have won no trophies. So you know, you, which is what you wanted to, wanted to do. But so do you think you changed when Mourinho came into? To, yeah, to Chelsea? I learned, I developed, I learned the other side of the game. And you're willing to do team. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And West Ham's a funny club as well because West Ham. Kind of, we're going, we're digressing now, going a bit off piece. But West Ham sort of allowed me to yeah. to, to, to do. And always the same when you come out with yeah. the ball and be Beckenbauer yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so West Ham was a great breeding ground. But to, to learn your trade, to what a great team needs and mm. all the different aspects of it, it was it was a great education. But bring it back to the England situation now. The circus has seems have stopped the last six or seven years, and the players are all one and they're all together. So I have no doubt that they'll respond positively from this bad bad performance against Scotland then we have a good performance now but whether we're good enough but I'll tell you the interesting thing about that is because when you talk about the bond and the spirit now and the team and whatever if you look back to the individual talent of the team he played in yeah. You'd mentioned four players there straight away off the back. Then who yeah. was at the back? John Terry, yeah, Rio, John Terry Ashley, Ashley Cole. Cole. You look at them and then you look at the individual players we have now are nowhere near as good. But they're, they're more of a group. So if that team, that's why mm. they thought about the Golden Generation, yeah. could have really developed as a team yeah. rather than yeah, as egos. Yeah. That was a fantastic team. Until someone develops a time machine, it ain't going to happen, is it? <laughs> it's not. 15 years ago yesterday as well, since your wonder goal against Sweden, yeah. Joe, let, let's talk about your amazing goal for, for England, your, your best one against Brazil when you just dribble past the, the thought whole my best one was against Uruguay, but you haven't seen that one. <laughs> What was the game at Wembley, the free kick? Where you against Holland, but the Uruguay one was, was my favourite. Is that your favourite? And I've chested it and half it in the corner. The Brazil one, of course, is iconic. Maracana Stadium, the first time England won there. Yeah. End of season tournament um, game. The Brazilians didn't want to be there. We didn't want to be there. You know? So the Brazilians were like, goal. well, and someone is going to attack them. They weren't even trying, were they? I think right. They were just drunk on the beach or something <laughs> like that. It was like one of the, it was just, you know, I mean, it was great to score. Don't get me wrong. But but looking at it, and I don't know how Joe feels because he's actually obviously scored goals by dribbling and stuff like that. But every goal off scored by dribbling. Um, it's hard to actually remember because what you're doing is you're reacting to people in front of you. Yeah. Every free kick I've scored, I remember because you consciously yeah. think, I want to bend the ball over the top. Yeah. When you score a goal by dribbling, you're not thinking about what you want to do because if I, I can't think I'm going to go that way because if you go that way, I've got to do the opposite. So mm. it's instinctively doing the opposite of mm. what the defender does. So I'm not consciously thinking about what I'm doing. So you do it, then after you've scored, you kind of know it's a good goal, but you don't know what it looks like. So when you watch yeah. it back So when I watch it back, time, it was like having an out-of-body experience. I think, well, like, yeah. I can't remember doing that at all. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, all you're yeah. doing is just like reacting to things in front of you, then all of a sudden you're there. Yeah. So you're not consciously thinking about it. So it, it, it looks better than it felt. It just felt like a, a lot of noise in my head and people are in front of me and I couldn't see anybody. To, the first thing you do when you get a ball is look to pass, no matter what anyone says. After yeah. meeting one person, you look to pass. Yeah. If you can't see anyone to pass to, you have to keep dribbling. So. Yeah, yeah. That's what happened. And let's talk about the, the quarterfinal in 86 against Argentina at the Azteca. England 2-0 down. When you came on, though, John, what, about 15 minutes to go? You, you almost changed the Forget game. Forget all that. Forget all of that. Listen, I'm on the pitch with Diego Maradona. What more can anyone want? But what was my that favourite like? player ever. I was watching him. I was mesmerised by him. 
<clears throat> and I hope that people know I'm only joking when I say this in a little way. However, when he got the ball for his second goal, forget the handball, it took so much in me as being a lover of football yeah. when he scored the goal, not yeah. to go. It was just an incredible goal. Yeah. I forgot that he was Argentine. When you see a goal like that and you see the quality that he actually has, yeah. you've got to appreciate it. Of course, the hand and goal. But when he's dribbling and you go, he just could not believe it. You know, we, 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 at the start of the game, everybody's like, like, we're warming up in our own half and you're kind of like warming up yeah. all 20 of us and he's over there. And as much as you're warming up, you're kind of going, Maradona over there. <laughs> he's walked to the centre of the circle. And he just walked looking at us with the ball on his arm. His players yeah. are warming up, warming up. Yeah. And he gets the ball and he kicks the ball 40 feet straight up in the air. As it comes back down, he's juggling. He kicks it up again, 40 feet in the air. Boom. You know when you juggle, you juggle yeah. and you juggle the ball even maybe yeah. this high. Yeah. If you kick the ball 20 feet in and it comes back down, you can't kick it straight back up 20. Yeah. And he just did that about five times, caught the ball and he looked at us and he just walked off. These warm-ups were a work of art as yeah. well, weren't they? Do you, do you think he's the, the greatest of all time? I think, listen, it's hard to compare him to Messi and Ronaldo. No, it's not hard. It's impossible because different rules, different pitch, different ball, different... People trying to break your leg and... Yeah, What you always say is either that. If he played now, he would have adapted to Ronaldo. And if Messi and Ronaldo played back then, they would have adapted as well. Great players at any era is great. But I just can't imagine any player, because of course, then you had Michel Platini and he had like, you know, Gullit and Van Basten and all these great players. But when you have the the so-called second greatest players and the greatest player is much better than them, Mm. that's why I don't think now with Messi and Ronaldo, who have been the top two for the last 10 years, Mm. I don't think you'd see that again. Because if Mbappe is the greatest, for example, is he really going to be better than the second greatest type of thing? So those two were so much better than everybody else. And Maradona was as well. Do you think the yeah. fact with Mbappe, because he's going to have Haaland pushing him, it, it could help recreate a similar situation? You almost need that competition to drive you I, on. I, I don't think we're going to see the like that um, that level sustained for that long. I think Mbappe will, will get to a level where he's scoring 50, 60 goals a season. But how do these guys not get injured for yeah. one? How do they continue to do it? Messi's done it with different teammates. that pressure on the back of being the captain talisman of Barcelona I, I think these players will get close but the beauty of what Ren- the current Ronaldo and Messi is is the fact that it's happened over such a long, long period, period of time, of time. It's, that's just unbelievable yeah. Ronaldo why just I don't, why looks I don't like think... he can keep going and uh, going but why I don't he? think it's going to happen is because football has changed in that mm. if you look at France for example you don't have this individual not capability mm. but the individual thing whereby you are the superstar just do whatever you want yeah. So you look at Mbappe now playing for France and he's still working hard for the team. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't just stand around and want to score goals. Yeah. So I don't think you're going to have a situation whereby any one player is going to be mm. given licence to just be the best player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you have to work hard for the team and the team's yeah. not playing well, you've got to work hard defensively. Whereas Ronaldo and Messi in the last 10 years have really yeah, just that's, been... That's a good point. You know, because as well with Maradona, he was like... Um, I'm trying to search for the right words. It was like more than a footballer, wasn't it? Like you said, it was a show. Like I remember him in 1990 when he's walking out in Italy. To, it was all about him. Like, and and was the cameras all about are on him and yeah. he, 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 he led yeah. and he was just such a character and his personality. Whereas And the players put up with that and the yeah. players allowed him to do that. Yeah. Now, the difference now is that we have now got a re-emergence, which is very important, particularly in club football, of the manager being the most important one. Yeah. So therefore, for Liverpool, no matter who you are, Klopp's the most important one. With Man City, yeah. Pep's the most important one. In the past... Messi and Ronaldo were the most important ones even yeah. at their clubs yeah. whereas now there's no one on a club when you have a big manager and the big manager mm. now coming back into the four whereby mm. he's going to allow a superstar player not from a jealousy point of view but the point of view of understanding that it really is about the team so I don't think you're going to have this individual superstar like Messi and Ronaldo mm. anymore yeah, Mbappe will be the closest or Neymar but imagine that, that like Neymar and Mbappe 
and that PSG team, that must be a, a tough group to... to well, they've seen off group. so many managers because it I mean? is that situation yeah, exactly. where they, yeah. they don't have that the where the manager yeah. is the, the most manager. important person. It happens time Tuchel and time Chelsea. again. You yeah. know, regardless of who goes to Chelsea now, because and, right. and a lot of managers are now not looking at those players. Obviously, you're going to get a Messi who's going to win the... Fine, but if you look mm. at Klopp, he wouldn't want players mm. like that. And Tuchel is exactly the same. And these yeah. are top, top managers yeah. who haven't yeah. been able to, to get a grip of it. Uh, John, it's time for What Really Happens. And this is where we look back on a moment uh, of your career that we want to know more about. And of course, it is the England rap. <laughs> Rumour has it, you were a bit tipsy when you recorded it. No, I wasn't. Professional. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> smashed, not a bit tipsy. <laughs> a bit tipsy, <laughs> please. <laughs> what am I, I was going to say, we can edit this bit out, what am I, 12-year-old girl? How, edit that bit, though, can't <laughs> How smashed we're, were smashed. you? We all were. Listen, when we made, we made, a, we made an album in 1986... An Thanks album. for buying it. Yeah. yeah. Everyone remember 1990. We made an album, 86 World Cup album. Yeah. Tulips in Amsterdam was on the album. Yeah. Um, the single, uh, um, Viva España. Yeah. Because, of course, the World Cup was in Mexico. The World Cup was in Mexico. But with, they speak Spanish in Mexico. We thought that would be the, the single. We forgot that. Obviously. Because back then, listen, they speak Spanish. Viva España. So we did... Um, an you should album. have done Loco and Acapulco. Yeah. And Acapulco. Yeah. But, so the thing about it, it was terrible, right? So... Yeah. Now finished. 1990 comes along. Barbara Robson says, right, we're going to do another record. Now everyone remember 1986 and how terrible that was. So what happened, as Joe will know, you play for your club and say this is the February. World Cup's coming up. Mm. February, we're going to make this song. And we're mm. playing Germany on the Wednesday in a friendly. And Barbara Robson said, instead of coming to the hotel and joining up on the Sunday, you don't have to come till Monday, but you've got to go and make this record on Sunday. Now, we didn't know it was going to be New Order with a group. We thought it was going to be like 86 or yeah. FA Cup final songs where yeah. the lads put their arm around each other and go, here we go, which is yeah. rubbish. Yeah. So the players then said, well, we aren't going to meet up on Sunday because we didn't like meeting up on Sunday because Sunday is when you should go to the pub. Yeah. And when we met up on Sunday with England, we always tried to sneak out at 10 o'clock at night anyway, whereas now we've given license not to meet up. Meet up on Monday, but go and do the record on Sunday. The players remembered 1986, the record. We didn't know it was going to be with New Order. So they said... We're not, gonna, we're not gonna turn up for the song because we can just go to the pub. So only six people turn up for the record. Me, Gaza, Peter Beardsley, Chris Waddle, Des Walker, Steve McMahon. No one else did. And had you been at the pub before you got to the No, 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 because we were no. the disciplined ones. So the, the rest of the players just went off to the wherever they went and we met up on the Monday. But because Bobby Robson said to us, we're the disciplined one. Don't know why Gaza was there, but he turned up anyway. So where did you get drunk in the studio? Oh yeah, there's Keith Allen and New Order there. Of course there's going to be wine and beer and stuff like that. But the point I make is when we then got there and we saw these other people who were in New Order, it then transpired into a New Order song. So it's going to be a good song. So we did it. Of course, when it got to number one, you saw all the players on the video, didn't you? Including Bobby Robson himself. But no one, we are the only six who turn up to do the song because the rest of them went to the pub. So the song's now finished. There's no rap because New Order on a rap group. But because everyone had a few drinks, Keith Allen was there. He said, why don't we just put a rap in it? So they just wrote the rap. The rap was supposed to be in it. So he wrote a rap. So you just wrote it there and there? Yeah, Keith Allen did. So it's like, and, and Craig Johnson was there, he's quiet. And the rest of them just wrote this little thing. Because New Order on a rap group. So why is there a rap in it? But because we're having a laugh, he said, write the rap. So because it's a democracy, as we all know, as much as I know, I'm the best rapper. But anyway, <laughs> we all have to have a go. So Gaza was the first to have a little go at the rap. And of course... Please don't tell me Peter had a go please, at the rap. <laughs> please tell me there's some footage of these of the like the, the video of it oh, yeah. I'd love to so Gaza couldn't Gaza, 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 Gaza couldn't read the words because Gaza you know what I mean so it's like so no 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 so then Pete, Pete, Peter Beardsley went next you know Peter he's my best best mate but Peter you know, anyway so Peter went next so Peter's rapping was Geordie like as you know Steve McMahon being a scouser 
he wasn't great. Chris Waller being another Geordie, so it's between me and Des, and Des is not black, musically, I can tell you. <laughs> Sorry, Des. So I did the rap. So then, of course, and they, don't forget, we don't know how the song's going to do. And really, 19, then the World Cup came along. We didn't even know back home what was happening because we're there. And of course, Gazamania, everything's going well. So, of course, we then did a live link up as they do now and again in the World mm. Cup with back home, top of the pops or stuff. Oh, the record's gone to number one. Of course, all of the players were there, weren't they? Oh, yeah, the record on the video and stuff like that. So, but the interesting thing about it was then we had to then decide. And don't forget, this is in the February. And Joe will know you, play, you get paid well when you play for your club. When you pay for England, you get an appearance fee, but it's nothing like the salary you get with your club. But you make more money in the World Cup by a pool. You have a player's yeah. pool where money comes in from, you know, the suits and then interviews and you all share yeah. the money. So the agent came to us and he said, you've got a choice. And don't forget, this is in the February. This is before we even knew the song. He said, you've got a choice of um, going for royalties for the song. This is before the song was made, before we knew it was going to be New Order, before anything. Go for, mm-hmm. and remember 1986, going for royalties or £5,000 being paid into the pool to be shared between the 25 oh, of you. John. So the committee of the brain boxes, you know, those players, we didn't have agents back then. It was just up to us. That's how we all signed these contracts because they used to go sign this lad. Yeah, yeah. And um, Brian Robson and Peter Shilton and all of the intelligent ones, they said to the agent, does, does royalties mean if you, if you don't sell one record, you make no money? And I went, yeah. So they said, we'll take the five grand. Oh. John, that would have been like us. your slayed Merry Christmas. Although yeah, in yeah. saying that, what then happened transpired in about 2002, I got a, f- a phone call from a company called Royalties R Us. They say, you're going to get royalties because you featured in the song. We didn't sign, yeah. So we didn't sign a royalties agreement. And I said, no, 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 we didn't sign a royalties agreement. So no, 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 because you featured, you're going to get royalties. So we investigated. So I got my first check because they didn't retrospectively go back to 1990. They just did it from when the World Cup, from 2002. So I got my first check. I was all excited. It came through the post. I thought, flipping number one for how many months all over Europe? Yeah. Uh, 750 quid, was it? Oh, <laughs> because they, they weren't playing in 2002, were they? <laughs> and then they were going to re-release it in 2014. And it was like, oh, re-release it. We, we, you got re-release pushed it. for the World Cup. But, yeah. but, the thing, but the problem they had, when they were going to re-release it and put Tiny Temper doing my flipping rap. Can you believe oh, that? Tiny. So, we, we, no, but, so we said we can't do that. We can't do that. But Bernie Sumner and Peter Hook apparently from New Order don't get on with each other. So we're not going to re-release it anymore. Really? Did you, you must have, have you done a song? I've never done a song. FA Cup Chelsea? Never, never done a song. Because every FA Cup final as well. I love that. Um, world in motion like there's, I can't listen to that song without instantly being transported into my bedroom as a, a nine year old ten year old watching that World Cup but so what I about I loved it but so the FA Cup final they always no, it did all stopped, up and they it stopped, stopped didn't it yeah. it all stopped I played our first cup final was it even mentioned let's do a nothing, song for the cup not final nothing not even yeah. mentioned no nothing I mean I remember going to watch Chelsea and Suggs who I know done the, the, the Chelsea song Blue Day and Nah, nothing. No, I'm gutted. Do, can you sing? Do you, can you do? The I'm rap? a bit of a karaoke you, man, Linz. Did John teach you the rap in Portugal? We did. We did the. We, there's actually some footage. Alcohol helps, actually. <laughs> yeah, that, and I actually sung the rap Wednesday night. Let's it hear come it. Come in the restaurant. No, Linz, come on. You can't do that. It's <laughs> <Not> embarrassing. <laughs> We got the main man. You got to hold and give, but do it at the right time. You, you can, can be slow or fast, but you must get to the line. They'll always hit you and hurt you. Defend and attack. There's only one way to beat them. Get round the back. So catch me if you can, cause I'm the England man. And what you're looking at is the master plan. We ain't no hooligans. This ain't a football song. Three lions on my chest. I know we can't go wrong. for England. England. Yeah. 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 Joe, I thought you didn't know it. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm your gutter. <laughs> oh, 
love it. I, mean, I wish I was on that Portugal trip now. I'll tell Mate, you what. it was good. I know, but there's, there is some footage of me doing it pissed Wednesday night with the lads. So, um, yeah, I no, love the song. Guide, I'd never done one. It was only a good song because of New Order, really. It wasn't it was an England song. It was a New Order song. Well, no, to be honest with you, I felt sorry for them because everyone goes on about. Everyone forgets it's a, it's a New Order song. It's only it's a proper group because yeah. we did one in 1990, but they got all the money anyway, so I'm not really bothered. John, we're going to get some Euro 2020 predictions uh, from you now. It's still I still can't get used to the fact we're still calling it 20, Euro no, 2020. No. Um, what's your prediction for Portugal, France? France victory. Yeah, Portugal could still go through. I mean, because if you saw the game against Hungary, 3-0, mm. but it was 84 minutes, 0-0, mm. you know, and that, because they have that individual quality, they can always do that. But then you saw them against Germany and Germany tore them apart and could have scored even more um, because defensively, they still haven't got that, that, that balance right as much as you got, you know, Fernandes and, and Ronaldo, mm. obviously, and Bernardo Silva. They've got great players, but defensively, they've not got it right. Um, so I, I think France will win. I don't think they'll score many goals. I don't think France are going to score many goals in a tournament. You know, Didier Deschamps. Mbappe or Benzema no, 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 scored, yeah, no, have they? but the thing about it is that when, when he played for France and Didier, Didier um, Deschamps, your first responsibility is for the team to work after the team. Mm. And if you score one goal as we did against Germany, we're not going to concede and remember the last World Cup. So France are on a team. Oh, must say they've got so many great attacking players. Mm. They manage their game well. So yeah. I think they'll beat Portugal, but I don't think they're going to be many goals. Joe, Portugal, France, Wednesday night. I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be a draw. <clears throat> and I, I, I can see all three teams going throughout that grid. That would leave Portugal on four points. Yeah. France on five points. And I think the Germans will beat Hungary and give themselves six. six. So I yeah. think they're all three will go through, which is bad news for England because it would have been nice to get one of them mm. out. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I've I, I got a sneaky feeling as well. Fernandes might find himself left out by the Portuguese manager. I, I don't think he operates well not being the alpha yeah. dog in the team. I think he's one of them players that needs that. Yeah. Until Ronaldo hangs his boots up, he's yeah. always going to be second fiddle. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely. just annoying that the, the games are on at the same time now, no. isn't it? That's the thing with Germany on at the same no. time. And every match matters with Coral. So what are your predictions for Russia against Denmark tonight at eight o'clock? Well, if it hadn't been in Russia, I'd go for a, a, a Russia win. But being, being in Denmark and, you know, the whole Christian Eriksen situation, great performance in the last game, which would give them hope as much as they lost, knowing a win will actually send them through if Belgium beat Finland as we expect I'll go for a Denmark victory I think every non-Russian wants to see Denmark do it don't they mm. no I, th- I think it'll go and I think playing at home will be massive I think sh- we've shown it's massive in this tournament so yeah I'd like to see them go through for the sake of the group and the country because that, that was harrowing what happened to Christian for outsiders so for to be part of that group mm. and that to happen so I want to see them progress and, and um, I'm sure I'm sure they will and finally, John, tomorrow night at Wembley, England against the Czech Republic. What's your prediction? An England win. But once again, I think um, Czech, they're a difficult side. They're big, they're physical, they're strong, you know, set pieces, they're good. Um, they've got a good good organisation. So I think they give England problems. But I think that, once again, one of our, I don't know what the team's going to be, but I, you, we have so many good individuals that I can't see all of them not performing, regardless of whether it's mm. Greedish or Sterling or so. Mm. So I expect us to not necessarily outplay them, but I think that because of our individual talent, we'll, we'll come through. Tomorrow night, I think England will play sublime. I think it will be a similar situation to... Now, listen, I'm ever the optimist, but I think it's going to be Euro 96... Holland-like performance from England. I think things are going to click. Harry will get a couple of goals. I'd like to see Harry Maguire come back in the team because I think he's going to be vital. 
I'd um, love to see Jude Bellingham get a game Jude, and see how he does in the midfield. Yeah, he he may even get a game. I think Gareth will change four or five players around, but I mm. think th- this group will bounce back. These are tough boys. Hope you're right. Mm. Like that yeah. prediction. Well, Portugal are thirteen to five to beat France on Wednesday. If you fancy Denmark to beat Russia. 3-0, Coral will give you odds of 12-1. to 1. And if you like the sound of a 2-0 England win with Harry Kane as the first goal scorer, it is 10-1. Great bet. John, thank you very much for coming on. It's, it's been a pleasure. absolutely lovely to see great you. Great to have you. No, it's always really good. Really great. Joe, thanks as always. Great to see you. Uh, do as well, find us on Wednesday on the Joe YouTube channel or wherever you find your podcast. We'll have all the reaction and analysis after that England game against the Czech Republic. You've been listening to the All to Play For podcast brought to you by Joe and Coral. You've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. <laughs> 